0: You better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to the day. Ghosts, and we're doing we don't need. Ghosts. Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Isaac Asimov once said, individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinder critics and philosophers of today. But the core of science fiction, its essence has become
1: crucial to our salvation. Tell me how many lights you see.
0: There four lights! So
1: this is how liberty
2: dies. With thunderous applause.
3: That's it, man. Game over, man. Game
2: over!
0: Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog.
2: Hello, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin.
1: I'm Chrissy Raffensperger. And I am Dave
0: Sellers. You are indeed, Dave Sellers. That's for sure. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and the M is not with us tonight because uh, she came down with a sinus uh, cold, and we hope that's all it is in this day and age. But so our uh, thoughts are with her tonight as she uh, has a ho- hopefully a speedy recovery. But yes, definitely. Yep, definitely. Well, uh, Miles, what is on our takeout-only menu, although here in Pennsylvania, we do have outside seating people could sit at on Friday.
2: Yeah, we're starting to loosen up on those regulations and all that, but uh, we'll still practice uh, social distancing and uh, takeout-only for now. We we could be, hey, you know,
0: we could be like the Rebel Diner in York.
2: Yes, we could. (laughs) (laughs) Let
1: us in a good...
0: Let us set a good example <laughs> by following the rules.
1: That's right.
0: Yeah, just for those of you that aren't like from Pennsylvania listening to us, there was a diner, like so our governor shut everything down, right? Um, and there was a gov there was a diner just right across the river and right along the Susquehanna River. Um the York Diner, I'm not even sure what the name of it was. Um, round the, the clock. Cl- oh, you guys know Round the Clock Diner that decided they were going to be open round the clock, and um, and uh, our governor yanked their license. It was a uh, they were called the Rebel Diner. So
1: the food shall not be <laughs> from their pointed rounds. Okay, yeah, through yes. wind and storm and. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a good place. Too. I do, the
0: I do like, I, being, I do like the, I do delivered. like, the, I do like the name Rebel Diner. I think they really should change it.
3: Hey, talk to your boys in Lancaster with the Rebel Cause, see if they want to open one up.
0: Yeah, they could.
3: The Rebel Diner, perfect <laughs> thing.
0: <laughs> oh my! Yeah, they, they
1: can rouse up some rebels.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they could. The Rebel Diner. Anyways, I'm we sorry, watched- uh, Miles. You were. Uh, you were telling us the takeout menu. Yes.
1: Yeah,
2: so we're going to start off with talking about some real science. Uh, we can celebrate SpaceX's uh, first a- astronaut launch. Um, we'll talk about that. And uh, it's been out there for a few weeks now, but we're going to get our reactions. So we have a new Star Trek series that w- that has been announced for 2021. Uh, Farpoint is already announcing guests for their 2021 convention. Uh Anybody who's watching Batwoman knows that uh, Ruby Rose, uh, she is not coming back for season two. She's the star of the show, but uh, she is uh, part of company with uh, CW. And there is a new Battlestar Galactica series uh, coming on, uh, on on the NBC streaming service, which we'll talk about. All right. And we'll talk about what's going on in our sci-fi world.
0: Well, And we have an interview that we're going to share, too. Yes, we do. Mr. Sidney Williams. Yeah, comic book author. And uh, we'll be uh, hearing a little bit about what, it just, what he has to say. And if this episode goes long, sometimes I'll split it into like a second episode. So it just might be that. But. Well, very good. Well, why don't we go ahead and move into uh, the appetizers, which what's going on in our sci-fi world? Like what's uh, what have we been doing sci-fi with uh, in the past, I guess, um four five um four or five uh weeks before we get to that i forgot something that should have been on here i got a message from michael friedman who was on our uh was he on the last episode or is he on the first one that we did he was with- on our
2: la- last episode the last
0: and so his kickstarter just went live for
2: oh, sweet. yeah so what was that
0: what was that kickstarter for Does anyone remember i should know uh, wasn't it his short stories? Yeah, hold on here. I have I, he, he messaged me today. He said, "Scott, my Kickstarter campaign for the immigrant and other stories launches tomorrow night at nine pm So if you want to tack this info into the podcast, we did. that'd be grateful. or Mike, we're just going to mention it on this podcast and um so yeah, immigrant and other stories goes live in Kickstarter tomorrow night. All right, um, who wants to go first? Who wants to tell us what's going on in their sci-fi world?
1: I can start us off. Go for
0: so it. So
1: I I took a break from watching Star Trek, and for whatever reason, I don't know, I decided to go back and watch Avatar The Last Airbender, like the cartoon. Oh, yeah. Um. Well, so it was one of those things that it came out when I was in high school. And when I was in high school, I was really busy. I was busy with orchestra, with band. I was being a complete music nerd. So, I mean, that that was my world. And I was able to watch, like, and the anime and stuff that I was into really was, like, true anime from Japan. So, which is when I was, like, totally getting into it. So I really wasn't paying attention to that. Got, went to college. Everyone was like, oh, my God, we're so excited for this movie. Watched the movie. So that was my first time like being introduced to the series. Awful, awful movie. <laughs> <laughs> Not interested. So I really wasn't interested in it. But then I guess it came back out on Netflix. And I saw lots of people being like, you know, this really is an amazing kids cartoon. You really need to watch it. So I decided to start watching it. And I will say that for a kid's cartoon, it is definitely a pretty good story. There are certain things about it that obviously are problematic from just, these are obviously Uber mentions, and I'm like, really, you learned, you mastered all this stuff in like three weeks? I don't think so. But, you know, if you can like suspend some disbelief, it's a very enjoyable show.
2: All right. Sounds good. Cool. We have yet to
1: um
2: make a good live action movie of the animated series. It's, unless unless you know of one. It, it's it's
1: huh. I Yeah. Yeah, and I don't believe that the Netflix adaptation is going to be any any better. Um I think one of the problems with with an animated series to a movie is that you have even if it's only a half hour show. You know, it's if it's a 20 episode thing right there, that's 10 hours. And usually they're trying to condense it down into like more like a kid's movie length. So you're only you're trying to get 10 hours into like an hour and a half. Right. And there's just it, it's just so hard. Like you lose so much and then you have to like cut whole things out, but then that was really important for character development. Then you have to find some other way to slap it in. And it becomes a really convoluted mess that is very unsatisfying. So I could definitely see why it just wouldn't have worked and why taking animated series and trying to turn the animated series into a movie just doesn't seem to work unless it's like an extension of the story, which, off and off so it doesn't work because sequels just are inherently terrible to write. Right. I would
3: argue maybe the first two Transformers movies.
1: But those were almost like completely different, almost like retellings. Kind of like how the, I, hero, like the superhero movies right, are like, like, I mean, they're, like the yeah. theme, huh? the same themes, the same ideas, but it's certainly not like trying to like cram the entire season one along. in into one thing, right. um, it's it's almost like here's an alternate universe of this other one that you really like, and we'll go with that.
0: But good point, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you because I mean, Avengers and the Marvel, the Marvel and DC franchises, um, yeah, they're adapted from animated, but they're also there's also a rich comic book history, I guess. Technically, they're probably more adapted from the comic books because aren't the animated series kind of adapted from the comic book series, anyways?
1: Yeah, so it was the comics, so then the cartoons, yeah. so then you, the. So
0: you would movies. argue that there's a little bit of a difference there. Although, I guess if you want to be technical, some of the anime has been adapted from manga and therefore it kind of fits the same process. So maybe the argument's not valid, but. <laughs> yeah, but
1: even. I feel like this could be its own show. (laughs) Good. (laughs) So many tangents. Yeah, I just... If if you're taking... I mean, there's a difference between taking a manga or a book into a television series and a television series to a movie. And it's just... I think there's a lot of... There's a lot of constraints that each um, medium has that affects the way that you present the story and the way that you explore different things. And so when you're trying to translate stories from one to the other, things get added, things get lost, characters get shifted slightly in order to fit some of those constraints. Right. And it can be very disappointing for fans who really love you know, the original, right, for it to get translated in a different thing. And I think one of the ways I've learned to enjoy those more is understanding going in that this is not going to be a one to one, you know, translation. And honestly, should it be a one to one translation? Because that's just, I don't know, it seems a little bit boring. I feel like whatever it is should enrich my original experience. Right. And maybe that's really what you know, directors and authors and things should ask themselves is, you know, not fundamentally altering plot points, but finding ways to enrich the original source without taking away from it. Right. And I feel like my memory of that awful movie that I'm not watching again um, (laughs) would not have enriched my experience or... I, I've, what can I say? I'm a little bit of a snob sometimes. Yeah, um, would not have enriched my experience of the original series.
0: I think the other challenge that you know, anime and manga in particular has into translating into live action movies or TV shows is, I mean, you have you have the old style of anime animation that people love, and the ability to do things that the characters do things that many times don't translate well into a live action um like uh, like the way they have them move and uh and um and just uh, some of the things they're able to do unless you have a huge budget for special effects aka the matrix was kind of anime style in some of the action sequences but it's really difficult because uh, you have to really capture that, you have to have actors that really capture that, and it's difficult. And like what I, what I, when we talk about anime translating into live action, I have, I have actors that I think portrayed stuff well, but in general, the, the like the movie or the live action sucked. Like William Defoe's Raouk in, um, in uh, Death Note was phenomenal the the entire hour and a half netflix special sucked but william defoe was great <laughs> you know
1: but yeah that that would be yeah. the difficulty i yeah. really feel like this could be its own whole
0: it hour probably long could probably could
1: we'll have to have an extended
2: conversation the next um, anime to live action adapt- adaptation
0: yeah because i mean, yes. I mean I know Miles. Maybe this is a segue into you. Uh, did you have more that you wanted to share that you were doing in the sci-fi world, Chrissy, Before I cut you off.
1: Um, no, like I, I've been saying, I just I've just been really like busy and hopping um, at work, and now I'm really trying. I've been taking advantage of the gorgeous weather to tackle a very large garden project. Oh. So. Yeah, I'm clearing like a quarter of an acre that has decided it's going to become a forest and I need to clear out like a hundred plus trees that have just decided to sprout up in the backyard. Mm. Like, I have no idea where they came from, why they're there. They're just sprouting up and they need to like be all pulled up and dug up before I just have an enchanted forest in my backyard yeah. that I don't want.
0: Well, Miles, this segues ways into you because I mean, you're <laughs> watching an anime.
1: I am. So I am
2: enjoying Cowboy Bebop. There is um, news that this could be a Netflix uh, series. I, I'm cautiously optimistic that they might get this right because it's not going to be one movie. It's going to be, an, you know, an own, a, a, a TV series, probably at least ten or, or so episodes. You know, we we'll, 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 we'll see. Agents of Shield came back. Uh, it's first episode. This is their last season. Uh, I, I think they came out with a strong opener. Um, they, they 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 took the Agents of Shield uh, back to 1931, where they are trying to save the world from um, these aliens that want to try to stop certain events uh, from happening. Um, I'm also enjoying CW's the 100 The Flash Legends. Flash Flash wrapped up its season. Um I am also reading uh Storm Portal by uh Michael R. Stern and Amy Davis. Um we talked about uh Michael Jan Friedman a little while ago. Uh I already uh bought the book. on when, when I finish the book I'm reading now, I'll be reading um, uh, uh uh Aslan The Last Sun by Michael Jan Friedman.
0: Very good. By the way, just a note on the Cowboy Bebop, they uh they are working on they are working on that, and they uh their 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 commitment is capturing the spirit and style of the originals, the way they put it.
1: Well, if you haven't seen Cowboy Bebop, I definitely recommend it to anyone who is listening. That was one of the earliest animes I ever watched, and there's a reason why I became the co president of the anime club. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> and, and John Cho's in it. The guy that played yeah, John Cho. Go ahead.
2: So he played, he played Sulu in the, in the, uh, Kelvin timeline. Right. Star Trek. right.
0: So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, time will tell, time will tell judgments out. Do you know when that movie, do you know when the, uh, live action is coming out? Did you hear miles?
2: I have not. No. Okay.
0: Listeners. You can let us know when it's coming out or we can look it up if we really care. So <laughs> Dave, how about you? Uh, what's going on in your, uh, sci-fi world?
3: I finished the last season of clone wars. They uh, put together that final piece to the show, and it was amazing. Um, if you were a fan of Clone Wars back in the day, check out the last season if you haven't yet. It, it, it's really good.
0: I feel like I would um, have to power watch the entire thing.
3: Yeah, if you haven't watched it in a while, it's good to go back and and uh, go through. It picks up right where they left off when they dropped the show.
0: Do you feel like? Do you feel like it's a uh... A good ending for the
3: show? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. And, and it it still leaves Yeah, it it ends really well. And it still leaves the question where is Ahsoka Tano? What happens to Ahsoka? She disappears. Um
0: Don't we see her does don't we see her in Rebels?
3: You see her in Rebels, yeah. You see her in that that one or two episode. I forget what it was in Rebels, but then again, after that, you know, we, we still have no idea what ever happened to her.
0: Well, you hear her voice in the very last uh, movie.
3: You do, you <laughs> do. And with the rumor of their making a live action show with that, um, they were talking about having Rosario Dawson playing
2: Ahsoka. Yeah, I saw that. Would have been really cool yeah well isn't she supposed to make an appearance in the mandalorian
0: yes. i think so that's where rosario yeah. dawson's on yes that's right. that's
2: it yeah. that's it yeah you're right which would be really exciting
0: yeah i'm excited
3: um i've been playing star trek online still like yeah. crazy
0: yeah, my computer um, quit working on me to do that but
3: it did yeah. it did i'm, I'm less solo playing this now
0: which
3: <laughs> yeah you know, again any listeners
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> um I've been re-watching Next Gen just kind of in the background when I've been doing other things. Um, that's been fun. I start, started watching this new show on Hulu called Solar Opposites. It's an animated show, and it's done by the guys who make Rick and Morty.
0: <laughs> okay.
3: It's it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's quite funny, um, but not for the... Came or easily offended. Um, the <laughs> language in there is is quite salty, um, but it, it is it is quite humorous. Um, and then I found out when I finally realized that for you Xfinity internet subscribers, um, you can you get a, a a free Flex streaming box that you can get through Comcast, and on that you get a free subscription to Peacock's. Uh, premium service still has commercials, but limited. Um, but it's only through the Flexbox right now until July when the apps start coming out and you can watch it anywhere else. But I found one of my old favorite favorite shows on there, Sequest DSV. Wow! You guys remember that show? Yeah, I do you remember SeaQuest? Oh yeah, I'm back in there. Oh yeah, all three seasons on there, and I got pumped. And then my daughter saw there's a talking dolphin, and she's like, "I want to watch this show now."
0: Oh, yeah. Father daughter, right. you
1: have me sold. There's yeah. a talking dolphin. Yeah, I'm in. On. You've never watched that show, Chris? I don't think I have.
3: Oh, it's a great. It's, when did hmm.
1: it come out? Nineties. Was on What's 9- it on cable?
2: It was on NBC? No, it was NBC. Yep.
1: Maybe that was the phase when my parents were being really strict with, like, how much TV we're allowed to watch. Might have been. May have been. May have been sacrificed so that I could watch Transformers. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's it's Star Trek
3: underwater. It's. But it's more modern time yet, too. It's not like, you know. No,
1: I, I. It definitely probably was, like, either during one of those times when we weren't allowed to watch that much TV or like we were only, we were each given like so much television that we could pick and choose and watch together. And it may have not made the cut for another show. There you go. Mm
3: -hmm. But it's, it's one of my favorites and I was so pumped to see that back on there. So I don't have to go scouring through the DVDs when I wanted to watch it again. That's awesome. Um, But yeah, that's really about where I've been.
2: Yeah. Now this Xfinity's version of a streaming box. Uh Uh-huh. Is there, is there, do you have to pay more for it?
3: Well, that, that I don't know. Um, the one I got, and you have to check with them. Without, for well, When I went to look at it, you got, you can get a free one with your internet account. And then any additional boxes after that were an extra like six bucks or something a month. I'm like, yeah, I'm not getting more than one for this, but you can get, they have the Netflix app on there. They just got the Hulu app on there. It's still very early mm-hmm. and they're still developing everything for it but um like I know since we don't have cable through them there's still a lot of free content that Xfinity allows you to watch through if you have the internet service so you can get all that on there Pluto TV's on there which has been great if you never watched Pluto TV it's like classic 90's TV shows that they put on there all the time I mean, I'm watching, like, classic American Gladiators, and it's awesome. (laughs) It's just awesome. I remember that. Yeah. They had a whole channel on there for Beavis and Butthead at one point, and that was just a trip down memory lane, too. Um, But there's a lot of neat stuff on there. And then Peacock is exclusively on there right now until July, and they got a lot on that one.
2: Cool.
0: Awesome. Yep well in my sci-fi world um we're still working our way through star trek one of the more recent episodes uh well there are two that, that stick out um the one where they find this colony on this planet this star there's a rogue star fragment that's going through and um there's a society that they've genetically engineered to be perfectly complementary with each other. Um you guys remember the episode? And they don't want outside yes. they, they don't want outsiders in, but of course, in order to save them, uh, the Enterprise has to come help them out,
3: right? And um Is that yeah. the one where Riker falls in love with the one?
0: Not Riker. Um Deanna Troy? Is yeah, Diana Troy falls in love with the head guy. And they have a little bit of a fling.
2: Okay. Yeah. And that's where a lot of people they that on on this planet they decide, hey, um, you know, we'd like to leave.
0: Yep. Yeah, so a bunch of people decide to leave in it. Um and it's a huge quandary and uh there's a lot of Kiefer loved that episode because there was a lot of thought provoking like dialogue, like the society wants to be perfect, so they genetically to engineer anything. But because they do that, you know, people like you know, George the Forge wouldn't be, wouldn't have existed, wouldn't have been welcome there. Um, That's right. I people that people don't want to be there because they realize that while they did this two hundred years ago, it's actually made them fall behind in society. Um, a lot of, and so now people want to leave, and so a lot of good conversations. The other one that was really difficult to watch, and we fast forwarded through some of it, is the one, again, with Deanna Troy, where she kind of gets mind raped. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That was so such a disturbing episode for us to watch. Um, and uh, we fast, it was good in the end, and there was a lot of mystery and intrigue, but it was uh, tough to get through. So. <laughs> but so that's, that's my star Trek. And then I've been watching, uh, with, with Kristen, we've been watching the Amazon original upload. Um, and that, that's a show that basically right before you die, they upload your mind into an artificial construct and you kind of live heaven. It's like on earth, but it's kind of like in a computer simulated heaven. Um, And so these, these IT people kind of keeping you alive and you have all your memories and your essences there. And it follows this one guy that gets uploaded into a world that his girlfriend slash fiance family owns, but it's not really his world. Um, and then you find out like there's a mystery behind it. Like you find out that he was intentionally killed early on and him trying to figure out that mystery. Um, and there's a whole social strata thing happening. It's a really, it's a really interesting show.
3: So interesting, yeah.
1: I I had seen like an advertisement for it, and I wasn't sure whether that was something that I would want to watch. Well, um, I
0: poo
3: pooed.
1: Now, now I'm more intrigued.
0: Yeah, Chris, I, like I poo pooed, and Chris said, "You should watch, as you would like I'm Like ah, and then I watched an episode. I'm like ah, oh, well, I like it enough, and uh, you know, plus Chris was watching it. I'm like, I'll watch, and I'm kind of into it. It's. I don't know. It's not a, it's, I agree. It's not a show. I'm like, well, this doesn't really gravitate to me. This is kind of cyberpunkish. They do some neat stuff in the show because it's set. It's set like in 2033. So you jump about 13 years into the future, right? So the technology that exists now has just advanced by 10 or 13 years, and so like self-driving cars have been made. So like they're completely safe and never of any accidents. Uh, Oh. Uh
1: I was also fly, promised flying cars by two thousand sixteen. So Yeah, that
0: didn't work either. And hoverboards Second. by whenever, but um
1: and, and self-lacing shoes.
0: Right. Where are it. my
1: I'm really lazy in the morning. Right. I want one of those. Yeah,
0: whatever. So um so I'm into <laughs> uh, up, I'm into upload. Upload it's good. I recommend checking out. Um and yeah. And then the other thing that uh that I'm doing right now is I'm playing a lot of League of Legends. Um and uh playing Settlers of Gatan with David and uh Bob, a mutual friend of ours. Um been doing that uh online because you know social distancing, right? Um and I've been reading uh rereading Stephen King's eleven twenty two sixty three, I think it's called. Um, huh. um any of you guys read that?
2: Mm-hmm. I didn't read it, but I saw the live action show.
0: Did you like enjoyed the, it? Did you like the live action show? That was one with James Franco in it, right?
2: Yes. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot.
0: I um uh, I looked at it and said, Oh, I want to watch it. I thought maybe Chris and I could watch it together, and uh, we didn't get into it. But I, it made me want to go back and reread the book and I'm enjoying the book again. It's a time travel book. Miles, you would enjoy it. It's a time travel book. So
2: I, I might have to check it out. So,
0: a little bit I mean, it's very Stephen King apart, so there's some stuff that comes off very brutal, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm kind of wincing at it, or sometimes when I'm running, I'm out running on the road by myself, I'm screaming profanities at what's happening in the character, you know. The <laughs> like, you know but-, but that's a yeah.
1: sign of a good book, because yeah. a good book should should make you scream at it right, occasionally.
0: Right, right, Don't do it. Don't go in there. You know what's going to happen. Yeah, well.
1: <laughs> you you got to be invested.
0: Yeah, definitely right. invested. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, I,
1: I like things like that.
0: I, I, there, there's been a couple books um, where I've done it. The, the, I was reading a series by Sarah J. Moss, um, thrown in a glass series. The final book, same thing happening. You know, I'm just, there's times I'm yelling at the characters. I'm that upset with what they're doing. Like, how can you think this is a good idea? You need, you need to get a better author. Because this is terrible. You're doing terrible things. And she's, this person's a great author, by the way. I'm just, you know, whatever. Anyways, let's move on into uh, news because we are about halfway through our show here and we haven't even gotten to the news yet. Damn that uh, anime discussion we had early on. Um, So uh, we got some real science that was kind of cool this week uh miles why don't you tell us a little bit about it
2: yeah and uh i gotta give uh props to M so, you know just uh, ideas for stuff to talk about and this was her idea let's talk about some real science and something we could really celebrate in the world we live in today so spacex uh, first astronaut launch was nasa's most watched online event uh, ever as we're recording this uh, it's tuesday june the second the launch was uh on Saturday, May the 30th. And uh, a test flight called uh, Demo-2 that sent uh, uh, NASA astronauts uh, Bob uh, Bankin and Doug Hurley to the International Space Station. The liftoff was the first orbital crew launched to depart from American soil since NASA retired Space Shuttle Fleet in, in 2011. And a record number of people tuned in to watch the milestone online, agency officials said. And uh, so, yeah, we, we, we finally... Uh, Send some astronauts in space uh, from from here,
1: and well, um, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say it's also the first time a commercial company was launching astronauts. Yep. Um, that a crew um, docked the International Space Station with, like, while self-driving, and I believe the rocket was reusable.
0: Yeah, it was.
1: So. Not only was it a victory for us to be able to start sending people back into space, but it was an environmental victory for space travel. So, a little bit closer to Star Trek, guys. Not quite there. Free market.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, this is
2: Elon Musk's uh, company that that uh, that had a t- that that provided this, and you know we're hoping Elon Musk continues to succeed in you know. You know, creating the creating this kind of thing.
0: Well, they have and a contract. The they have a contract for, uh, I believe, uh five other operational crew flights. Crewed flights. So this is a. Uh, we're going to see more of this coming down the pike.
3: Well, it's he's the, Mars.
0: Yeah.
2: It's it's it, the Tesla
0: is his uh, baby. Oh yeah.
2: And I would love to see you know a way to make the Tesla more affordable for uh, folks. Yeah.
0: By the way, just so you know, the estimated as of today, 10.3 million concurrent viewers watched the launch. And so it was the biggest internet viewing ever. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was the thing. What, not the most watch event. The most watch event uh, goes back to Apollo 1. when they, uh, or Apollo 11 moon landing, sorry. That brought in uh, six, 600 million people so 10 million people yeah. pales in comparison to that quite a bit um but still a a, a important milestone and you know what was so what was so wonderful to watch about this was seeing the touchscreen technology in the rocket um you know when you look at you know even the space shuttle which we would have said was fairly modern um a lot of the old tech still uh, kind of running in the space shuttle program up till its last time and to see all this new tech it is it, kind of uh amazing and I agree Chrissy the reusable rocket fascinating to watch that land um and I even tuned in to watch the docking during church Sunday morning
1: so oh, sacrilege
0: yeah well I was listening to our sermon was phenomenal too but I so I was I, I did go back and re listen to the sermon but I was watching this you know the docking because I thought that was kind of cool too. <laughs> That's right. Jesus, well, so yeah, but let sure. yeah let's let's talk. I remember watching the first space shuttle launch, Um, and we ran up to my grandmother's. It was a Sunday morning at eight thirty, and we ran up there and we went late to church to go to watch it. But
3: there you go. No. Were you guys hoping as much as I was, just like to see the inside of that that capsule? Like, a man. How cool would it have been if one of those touchscreens had like an L-Cars display panel like right out of Trek. <laughs> and how just awesome that would have been.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, we're, we're getting, we're inching closer to Trek. Uh,
3: <laughs> we are. You guys all watch it live, right?
0: Oh, you did watch it live.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, I watched it after. Yeah, Okay.
0: Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I stopped what I was doing. I said, Kiefer, Chris, we have got to watch it. So I drug them all in there to watch the F 3 nice. launch. But, you know, because it's just, we haven't launched, you know, people from American soil in a very long time. And it was just, it's cool just to be a part of that history But
3: Yeah. I got that feeling in the pit of my stomach. Like I do watching like a playoff hockey game when it's getting ready to launch. It's like, Oh God, please, 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 please. please. Oh yeah. There it goes.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> And then, like, when everything goes off flawlessly and they get into space, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. It was really cool to watch. I was just, was really uh,
0: cool I watch. was amazed. We were watch- I was watching a lot of the, you know, a little bit up, up, you know, up to it. Like, like, I learned something. Like, I did not know that rocket fuel was made out of a type of kerosene. And, like, so, like, all the different fuel propellants that go into the rocket and, and everything they were doing to do it, it was very informative as well.
3: Uh, oh, on that topic, one other thing I should add to that. Did you guys watch that show on Netflix called Space Force?
0: No, but I want to watch it. That's with Steve Carell, right? <laughs>
1: it's, it is hilarious. <laughs> I, I feel like I should watch it.
0: Oh,
3: yeah, you, sh- you should. <laughs>
0: but uh, It's good. Is it something that is appropriate Hello? for kids?
3: No. <laughs> okay. No.
1: I um, I was gonna guess probably not.
3: <laughs> but I'll I'll tell you, Steve Carell's great in it, but John Malkovich walks away with the star out of that. All right. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. Well, we will have to do it anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Dave, why don't you uh, talk a little bit about this um, spinoff coming down the pike?
3: Fans, we finally got what we wanted since Discovery season 2. Star Trek Strange New Worlds with uh uh Yeah, Strange New Worlds.
0: Uh, Anson Mount, Captain right? Pike
3: in number one and Anson Mount. There's the name. I always forget his name. Yeah. Yeah, Anson Mount is Captain Pike and le- taking the crew of the Enterprise. On their missions, which is great because from what I've been reading about this one, there's it's supposed to be set more like um, classical Trek was. Um, be more optimistic, more episodic, kind of what I've been clamoring about here for however long now. Um, so the plot should all be a little more closed-ended than anything we've seen in Discovery or Picard yet. So I, I, I'm I'm pumped. I am looking forward to this very much.
0: You had me at episodic. I do. I did. There's something that I missed. I like, I love Picard and I, and I, and I haven't really gotten into discovery too much. Um, But uh, there is something to be said for the episodic star Trek. Absolutely. I think there's. go ahead.
1: There's a there's a place for episodic TV. Not every single show needs to have this overarching, you know, massive plot where you know you have to watch each and every single episode. Like, there's something to be said for a show that you can just be like, you know what, I'm just not feeling this episode. Skip and you know on <laughs> to the next one. Like, I don't know. There there's something to be said about that. There's something awesome, but I'm not saying that all TV should be one way or the other. I like variety.
0: Right, right, absolutely. And uh, and I, you know, there were there was there were some uh, like even Star Trek: Next Generation. There are like three or four episodes that kind of tie into each other that are fantastic. So you know, I do like even when the episodic series have a little bit of a story arc to them, even when it's like yeah. loose. So
3: well, it, it was interesting because. Another thing I forgot to even mention, I finished watching uh, What We Left Behind, and Miles, you watched that too. You have that, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It was interesting when they were talking about when they were writing DS9 and how CBS was very adamant that they did not do a continuing storyline. They thought people weren't going to watch it. But, you know, if they missed an episode, they would they wouldn't know what was going on and they changed the way Trek seemed to really be written after that. Yeah, no doubt.
2: Like you said, they, they finally listened to the fans about what they really wanted to see on Mm -hmm. on, uh, their star Trek. Um, There've been times that I think the fans expressed themselves and we kind of been, um, Ignored. And um, this time they got it right. I mean, they got the best actor they could possibly get to play Cap- Captain Pike. Uh, he just resonated with everybody. I, I, I can't think of anybody that said a negative thing about Anson Mount's portrayal of Captain Pike. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and And as soon as Discovery came on the air it was less like, yes, we, this, with him on the show, this is like, this is more the star Trek I want. Yeah. Um, he brought the optimism. He brought, um, you know, he, 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 he was this captain, you know, that can inspire loyalty and he's a fictional character. Right. Um, uh, and, and there was already Facebook groups cr- created just to say, Hey, we want our captain Pike show. Right. Um, and I, I, I look forward to seeing that time. This uh, this will probably take place 10 years before the events of the original series get started. Um, it'll be interesting to explore the Enterprise during that time. Uh, what, what Spock was like as a young science officer. Uh, maybe there's been talk of maybe we might see other people, other characters we know of, maybe a young Scotty or a young Uhura. I hope they, do, if they do that, they do that to a minimum. That's just maybe too much fan service. Right. Uh, they, they could, they could still create some really interesting characters on the enterprise that we could get to know and love.
1: Yeah. And it's inherently difficult to write a story, a character so well beloved and take them from like where you start with them at a story and then put them like 10 years younger and have a good arc with them. Of character development because you still have to get them to be that unfinished, undeveloped character when you first meet them. And it can be really hard to like de, I won't say de level, but like <laughs> undevelop right. something. Right. Um, yeah, devolve. That's the word I'm looking for. Devolve a character to the point where like you still like them, but they're not to the point where you met them. I think that's where like, Han Solo movie really came. Um, his character was a very problematic in, in his movie. And then I won't go into the other parts of that whole evolution of that character. Why would you do that? But anyways. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I really feel like when you take characters and you put them earlier, depending on how developed or undeveloped they are, it can be really tricky to put it in and fans and it can leave fans feeling almost like you betrayed the character more. And so you really get like a sour taste in your mouth more than the enjoyment of seeing a character young. Right. Right.
0: I don't know. It's, it's all right. We, we, we asked Anson about the possibility of a captain Pike show and we had him on, right? Uh, no, we, we didn't. did. Yeah. I don't I, think
2: we, I don't, I don't think we did because I think he gets that, he was getting that question all the time. right? i wanted to i wanted to purposely avoid that i didn't want to annoy him so
0: go ahead now yeah, we
3: asked him something we didn't ask him strictly about a captain pike show but i, I think he reason, asked him I if, it,
0: we asked him if he would have the opportunity to be in like a season three of discovery or something like that
3: right right With if you had the opportunity characters. to play this character again yeah.
0: yeah i think it was something like that it's, it's
1: it's a good policy not to annoy the, the actors.
0: Yeah, the people that are yeah. graciously saying, "Hey, we'll come on your show." It's good that we don't annoy them. So.
1: Yeah, plus, let's not annoy them. Yeah, plus uh <laughs> plus
0: Kristen was in her glory that night, so. Oh.
2: Yeah. If if you're fans on of hell, hell on Wheels, that you'll understand why.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And that was uh, Kristen, fans of Hell on Wheels. <laughs>
2: there <laughs> but i have to think though and um david i'd be curious to get your opinion maybe in season two of discovery maybe the the powers that be thought maybe there's a possibility we could get another show out of this uh the fans were uh, it was very polarized as far as the first season of discovery and so they kind of went to something familiar bringing the enterprise and bringing some characters we know and love and thinking Maybe, maybe we could get another show out of this. We'll, we'll have a, we'll, we'll we'll write Captain Pike the best we can. We'll get the best actor in the world. We can get to play him. We'll do. We'll we'll, we'll bring Spock back. We'll bring Number One back. I, I don't know. What do you think? And, and and they built the set. They they built new sets for the Enterprise, and they, they're gorgeous. They're beautiful. I, I just think they're hoping maybe this would work.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And to invest to invest the time and resources in in we'll just say the set the set design right now for something that would be a throwaway after what a 12 episode season it's a lot of and money then, to throw away yeah it's a lot of money to throw away and then pulling in two you know bigger names like Anson Mount and Rebecca Romaine and even Ethan Peck at that point really he's had quite some credits under his belt before he got here as just i'll call them throwaway characters for a season it almost sounds like they were gambling if somebody had a vision somewhere along the line here and they gambled that fans would love it and they could go further with it because why not try to make the most money you can right and then to see the
0: The american
1: way yes Yeah. And then and then, yeah.
0: see, and then to see the response of fans clamoring for a Captain Pike show, it had to just solidify their vision.
3: So, Yep. Yeah. Keep them subs rolling in. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, uh, let's move into uh, talking a little bit about Farpoint. I'll take the story. And then Chrissy, uh, if you want to take the Ruby Rose Batwoman exit, we can talk a little bit about that. Um, so Farpoint 2021 Has not been postponed Because of course that's in February next year And we're hoping it is on uh, And uh, So we guess we have an announcement Sean Gunn Craiglin on Guardians 2 Was also on 137 episodes Of Gilmore Girls I better not tell Kristen that Because she will Kirk. want to go to Farpoint but, Kirk yeah. Yeah. Oh
2: Maybe get her watch Guardian you.
0: Yeah. yeah, I should. Um and then we have of course the the others that have been announced. Is it Maisie Richardson from Legends of Tomorrow? Uh related to Dave Sellers, by the way. Um <laughs> and Don't I wish <laughs> Ava Sinclair uh from a Star Wars episode uh seven, uh as of Coursella in The Force Awakens. And um yeah, so, so uh they they typically a smaller con they bring about three or four guests typically.
2: So Right. It's uh, cool. Yeah. But that's pretty cool. They they have two guests, you know, at least for now committed for, for next year. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we'll uh we'll see how it all breaks down. But mm-hmm. are you sure you're not related, Dave? I mean, come
3: on. Sellers. I, I I'm I'm unfortunately positive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, he's related in the same way that we are all related as, right. as the human race. That's yes, right.
0: yes. You're all, all one all people. One. All one. Well, let's talk a little bit about same Cosmic um, Matter. Yeah. <laughs> Batwoman, uh, we had a season one, and there's apparently a season two in the works, but it will not have our main character. Let's talk a little bit about this, Chrissy.
1: Um,. Would put me on the spot. Um,
0: I did so, warn you. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, like like all five seconds ago. True. Um. Right. So, but but the actress Ruby Rose, which is an awesome name. um I know, right? But of course, every time I hear it, like I think of Ruby Rose from the show Ruby. So, like, people say that, and I'm picturing, you know, a little girl with her scythe, and like killing grim monsters and i'm like oh yeah that other person Um, yeah but but ruby rose um is is leaving the cw um there were reports that she was unhappy with long hours um and you know she really hasn't said a whole lot as to exactly why she came to that decision i'm just said it wasn't easy um and that she was very gracious to thank everyone involved with the series and, you know, was expressed support for the next season. Um, yeah. But there, there really wasn't a whole lot more from that. Um, so and I don't know where, like where they're planning on taking that if they're, I mean, I'm assuming they're going to have to figure out some sort of replacement for her and whether or whether they're going to take it and have like a death and then a re um someone taking up the mantle of Batwoman and in, in her place, so that will be very interesting to see how they handle that. Um,
0: so let's let's because, let, let's talk here for a little bit because I think that we're on to something here. Uh, and and we've all watched shows that have replaced people that replace replaced characters and these characters and other actors come make them play the same character. Right. Um, how often does that really succeed?
3: I think it depends how quick the character is replaced. Right. If you've got any kind of longevity that you've built up any kind of investment in a character and then you swap out the actor playing them. And that, that I think tends to cause issue, but again, then too, it depends on how, on, on how they write it out. Right. I mean, I mean, with her only being there a season, if they write it up to where you have somebody else who takes up the mantle of Batgirl or whatever, you know, you could, you could write it to the way that it would swing, but essentially you're starting from scratch again. Right. And, that that's that could potentially be an issue,
0: and it's different than having like you know all these actors that have played Batman over the years because they aren't continued stories, right, um, right. or the many actors that have played Superman or whatever um, we're talking about a TV show where the frontrunner has been they're they're swapping out for another frontrunner, someone else that can carry the show. And I think that that's that another becomes, example of that happening. I, I'm trying to think like, I know I you, one. Go ahead.
2: Um, this was on one of the cable channels, uh, Spartacus, uh, the actor who played uh, Spartacus, uh, he developed, he, he, he was suffering from Hodgkin's disease. I think it was. And he had to stop doing the show. So they, they, they got a replacement. Um, and I believe they, they the show ran for well. What they did was they they kind of did while they're looking for another actor. They did a prequel to Spartacus with the different with it with the different um, characters, I guess, so they can rework the show. And then they found another actor who, who would be their new Spartacus. And it ran for two more seasons. And I guess you know, for for a cable show, I guess that that's still a success. But um, that's all I can think of off the top of my head, as far as a modern something over the last ten years. Right, that's a modern example like that.
0: I think of shows when I th- like like so. I think of shows. I mean, this isn't the same, but shows where the front runner, like I think of like Fox Mulder uh, in the uh, in the X Files season seven. He says, "Ah, this is gonna be a last season." My last season, and so they replace him with Robert Patrick. It's not. It's not. They aren't. They aren't choosing a new character. It's a different character, and Fox Mulder still became like integral into the storyline. Um, but it really kind of lost something uh, because there was something iconic about you know Scully and Fox Mulder kind of playing off of each other. And that dynamic, despite the fact that Robert Patrick was very good, just didn't capture the way that show did capture. You know. Um,
2: well, it happened in sliders. I mean, yeah, sliders. Well, sliders
0: it kind of self-destructed, right? Yeah.
2: yeah. By the by, the end of the la- the last season, you had the only you you only had the character the character of Rembrandt. The other three characters, uh, you had um, Carrie War's character. She was there for two seasons, but he was the only original character from um, four or five seasons before, and, and and the show suffered for it. Yeah. With 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 Bat you have. I mean, I think there. there it, you had Ruby Rose, who is kind of, has a fan following in um, the LBGQ community. Um, some people didn't care for her. Other people, you know, it, it was polarizing when they first cast her for this role. Right. Um, and so, for for they have to find an actress who is not 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 playing. She's not she's not just replacing um, that part in the show. She's she, she she has to become basically take over for Ruby Rose, play that character, still somehow make her her own. But at the same time, there's find a way for, to bring continuity from the first season to to moving forward. And it, it, it's going to be a challenge for them. There, there's no there's no way to do it. I'm not saying it's, it's not impossible, but, you know, the good thing CW is invested in their shows. They will they will give it the time they feel it needs to, to make it work.
0: But. I was going to say that I was going to say that C the, the, the one thing that this show is going for it is, is a CW show and it takes a lot for CW to kill a show.
2: So, right.
0: They aren't, they aren't, they aren't, No. they aren't some Fox, but
2: yeah, yeah, so. exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so this show could still have a future. It's just, it, it's going to be, you know, they have to find a new bat woman, um, That hopefully the fans will embrace, and uh, um, but 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 yeah, it's it's a tough spot. There's no there's no question about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I really think it's going to have to be like how they handle the exit. Whether they decide that they're going to basically just pull out one actress, put another one in, and she is still the same character or if they have some sort of um, explanation as to why one Batwoman has risen in the place of another, um, which, you know, can play off well, depending in, because a lot of superhero um, stories will have that being going on where like one gets replaced by, by another taking up the mantle and they, you know, make it their own thing. Um, And and it's quite successful doing that. Um, Luckily with the way that, you know, comic books have been written over the years is you have like multiverse. So it's perfectly acceptable to have twists and turns in stories that we're familiar with and that we love. And it's okay if it's not like a one-to-one ratio um or one-to-one translation of, of stories so that is probably what really works in the show's favor if they decide to take it in a different direction um but i i will say that a lot of times it seems like when shows get in and out of actors or actresses i don't know like yeah they might last like a season or two but it never seems like it's more than one or two seasons before it like peters out. But then a lot of times actors and actresses are leaving after, you know, like the third or fourth season. And so most shows naturally don't go much beyond like five, six seasons. So is it that shows are, would have finished up regardless, or is it that, you know, the changing of the guard affects it somehow?
0: That's probably another show altogether that we can get into. <laughs> but, so
1: I, I've now introduced two whole new shows.
0: Exactly. Well, you know, I did think I did think Back to the Future. We had some people swaps from the first one, like Fly's parents. Uh, his dad decided not to come back to do Back to Feature two and three, and then his girlfriend they were barely character. Right, and and his girlfriend was replaced from the first to second show um but
3: but really not central characters like you don't think well, about it go ahead you got roadie in the iron man movies where don Cheadle replaced terrence howard after oh, the first one
0: that is true but but again not not again, really a minor like kind of a minor character in the story arc at least at that
3: point at that at that point yeah, yeah. well the uh well that you got the the two guys who played uh Dumbledore and Harry Potter. Oh, I forgot he that happened.
1: you so probably yeah. had like so much you couldn't tell under the beard beard anyways.
3: <laughs> well and, and it happens when you die too, they have to find somebody to replace you there. I
0: just saw
1: that.
3: Yeah.
0: That's so, that, so
1: pesky uh, when people die. And like right, what yeah. you yeah. the, the rude thing of that.
0: This. How how dare um, how dare death you know ruin my entertainment? Right.
3: Right. Very yeah. inconsiderate.
0: Well, they, yeah, well see. now
1: we're we're apparently doing holograms and stuff in, in movies, which I'm still not so sure about the CGI people. No. Um <laughs> which could be once again another whole other show of whether or not it is morally ethical to really be introducing actors and actresses like post-death with like CGI and you know, as we get more sophisticated AI algorithms to, like, mimic them, are we, like, killing an industry? Yeah. You know, I could go on about dystopian themes here. Yeah. I mean, it's 2020. We may as well get into the dystopian right. themes because apparently that's what we're living in.
0: <laughs> I know. But- well, even even the deep fakes that you see of some of the stuff is like – like, you can't even tell hardly. Mm-hmm. So
3: Yeah, I mean – Even to bring it back to the CW. Um, take it back to Supergirl, where Laura Benatti played Allura for the first two seeds, and, the, and then Erica Durance played her for the third. Supergirl's mom, right? Not a major character like, like you know, Batgirl, but you know. So, they have done it before yeah so we're saying it's
0: been done it's hard to do it with a major character and the question is yeah. what does the impact what impact does it have on the longevity of the show and is that a natural would that have been a natural decline anyways or i don't know i think it, i think it's a hard sell to swap characters because actors and mannerisms it's it's hard for for people to pick that up and you know and, and to really do that what? well
2: so Ruby Rhodes was I mean she was Batwoman for a whole season. Right. And so the fans have you know had that chance to get to know her and right. uh through the show and now she's gone the, the, from what I've got they're going to continue the that character just another actress. Right. That's you know
0: That's my understanding as well. So Yeah. yeah. Well, we do have to talk um one more thing, and then we'll do the interview as like a separate show because we're, uh, you know, encroaching on an hour if we haven't passed that already. Um, you mentioned the new BSG series coming up on Peacock, which you, uh, of course, mentioned, Dave, that you have the NBC streaming service. Um, what do we know about this new BSG series that's coming down the pike for us?
3: Not a whole awful lot at this point. Um, Sam Esmail has been made executive producer. Uh he created Mr. Robot and was an executive producer on Homecoming and Briar Patch. I don't know if any of you guys have ever watched any of that stuff or not. Um but he's apparently a really big fan of Ron D. Moore's Battlestar Reimagined series back in 2000. what, four? Something like that. Um okay he told everybody there, this is not going to be a remake of the amazing series that Ron Moore launched because why mess with perfection? So they're going to explore a new story within the mythology while staying true to the spirit of Battlestar. Um, which is really good. Um, hopefully it's going to be better than Caprica was. If any of you have watched that show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, hopefully that uh, th- they'll be able to to pull that off a little better. Um, they haven't announced any kind of casting yet, um, but they're the episode times is one thing they talked about in the one article I read, and they're trying to stick around like a half hour like a 30 minute episode. Okay. Some episodes might go longer. Some episodes might not. It really depends if there's a stretch across three or there might be a standalone episode that's just a half hour long. They're not going to be sticking to seeming any kind of rigid time schedule on this. So as long as they could tell the story, they see, it seems to be where they're going to go with it. Yeah. So that, it could be really, really interesting i'm quite excited to see uh see what we pull out of this universe again yeah
0: well they said it's not going to be a reboot at least in this strict sense. not a reboot um the other thing they said it's going to be it's going to like like bsg was bsg was a great political allegory and what i loved about (laughs) miles we talked about this um i what i remember is a it would drop an issue and wouldn't pick sides it made you debate and argue and figure out like where you stood on it. And I think that was what made a brilliant television, like the whole election. Like I remember like some of the election debacles that were happening and BSG was doing it on there and positing different things and really making you think. And uh, yep. it's one of the brilliant things about BSG. I liked is it it, it was television that made me think and didn't necessarily give me an answer.
3: Yep. And it's, it seems like they're going to try to stick with that kind of a kind of a process, which would really be interesting. But it'd be interesting to see what time period in the in that universe that this falls in. Right. Right. But well,
0: yeah. looking forward Exciting to it coming down the pike. Yeah. Yeah. To it. All right. Well, anything else for the good of the order before we uh, close down the diner tonight?
2: Yes, one quick uh, word about uh, Cowboy Bebop. Uh, It's tentatively uh, scheduled for uh, summer or fall of 2021. Uh, It's still been delayed because John Cho injured himself um, making the show.
0: Oh, I did. I did actually. I did hear that. I did hear that. And one more thing we should again mention Uh, Michael Jad Friedman's Kickstarter make sure you check it out Uh, his Immigrants and Other Stories on Kickstarter you can support his work again he was on our our, uh, exploration of the last um, pilot that we uh, reviewed for Star Trek so and uh, next time we will be talking about the Star Trek the animated series so if you want to chime in and let us know your thoughts on the animated series we would love to hear them um miles do you remember we we interviewed someone that had worked on the animated series do you remember that
2: yeah we we um we interviewed the guy who he was working with starship barrogate that's right and they um they created their own animated series in the same style of filmation and the, the gentleman we talked to, uh, he worked for a company called, his company is called Neo FX.
0: That's right.
2: And he actually uh, talked to um, the gentleman who I believe, you know, worked for Filmation and because uh, he wanted to get permission and just, you know, maybe some inspiration on how to, um, you know, craft these episodes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So we'll be talking about that. So if you want to join us, we'll be talking about the first two episodes of that series, and going from there. All right. Well, it's been great chatting with each one of you tonight.
2: It's great to be in the diner. Yeah. Well, we had
0: some mm-hmm. good. We had some. We had some good discussions going on. Chrissy kept putting us in rabbit trails. It was great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm really good at
0: that. <laughs> oh my. Well, it's great that's to, okay. yeah, we, believe me, we don't mind. It, 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 it gave some good conversation and when you're at a diner, that's what you want. you want. You want to have good conversation, even if it's just takeout or outdoor seating. So, Right. All right. Well, I think that's about it. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show again. Visit us on Facebook and drop us a line at the stuff diner podcast at gmail.com. And uh, we would love to chat with you and hear your thoughts. But. I believe that's about it, Miles. Why don't you close down the diner?
2: All right. Till next time. Good night and good luck.
0: We'll see ya. Put
1: your tips on the table.
3: And go, boy.